Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Amen. I am pumped to be with you guys here on a, on a Sunday morning. You can turn up Daryl's keys just a little bit for me. Michael is, he's right. Uh, we went from the prison to the palace. The, the IUS prison to the palace. We went from the IUS dorm to the pulpit this morning. So um, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's good. But anyway, um, I think we have a couple of our friends on the front row this morning, our youth ministry friends, some of the youngest additions to the team. Mizzle and Arrow, I'm glad you guys are here today. Thanks for, thanks for joining us on the front. So I'm a youth pastor. I'm going to preach like one. Pastor Jordan's a little bit more polished. He, he, he says it, though, but I make, like, jokes that, like, I would make to, like, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers. So you'll probably get a little bit out of that to me. You might think to yourself, is he allowed to say that on a Sunday? But it'll be okay. I promise. I'm not going to say anything that won't get me invited back. <laughs> we'll see. So... I want to start off today. I want everybody to put your hands out in front of you like this. Both hands if you have them. I want you to look at your hands. You can flip them over. A lot of us know where the scars are. A lot of us knows where, uh, where our hands have been, what they've touched, what they've seen, the things that they've experienced. Actually, what I'm thinking about now, I can think of my grandma back in like, I was born in 88, back in like 1993, there was a, a re-showing of the old classic Snow White. I remember her holding my hand. I remember stepping on the car, it was super bright. I was just like, oh my gosh, I remember her walking me into that movie theater to go watch that movie. So our hands have been a lot of different places. Our hands can feel the grass, this carpet. They can feel when the, the wind blows. We've all experienced a lot of things with our hands, right? Hands can deal a heavy punch, but there's also hands can deal a, a gentle touch as well. Hands can be used for uh, lifting weights. They can also be used for lifting cheeseburgers. I changed it. I just, I went there a little bit. You can clean up uh, after your dog in the backyard with your hands. And uh, thank God I'm not in this anymore, but you can change poopy diapers with them too. The Lord has delivered my wife and I from that. But then with our hands, and there's other things. There's other holy things. Things like lifting our hands in worship, which I encourage you to do. I'm not saying you have to do it right now. During worship or any time during ministry, lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Hands can be uh, for, for laying on hands and putting them on a shoulder, on a head, and praying over people. Hands and your fingers can be used for turning pages in your Bible so that they can be used for holy things. But then the opposite is also true. Hands can be sometimes clutched tight to you when you feel shame. Maybe when you've typed something up in your phone that you went to look up that you know was wrong, hands can be used for that stuff as well. Hands can be used to hit people. So why are, we, why are we talking about hands? There's a way this morning that everybody in here, including myself, that you can experience so much fulfillment and so much satisfaction, blessing, and abundance. There's a way that you can do that. And what I want to talk today about is living open-handed. There's a way for you to have this amazing life that you have heard about and maybe you dream of, but maybe you're not there. There's a way for you to live it. And that way to, would be to live with your hands open. So the opposite 
is, so if you live open-handed, so you live like this, this is, means I'm ready, God, you know, I, I'm going to receive, but the, but the opposite is true. You can also draw your hands in tight and keep them closed. And you can white knuckle and you can shove your hands in your pocket. And I think we've all been maybe there now, or we've been in a place like that where we've lived that way. But the best way that you can live your life right here, right now, is just like this. If I could put my microphone down, I'd put, I'd put two of them out. It's just, just like this. My hands are open, God. Whatever you want to place in it, whatever you want to do with my life, you can do. So I want to talk to you about how to live open-handed. Ready for the first point? I'm a youth pastor, so my first point is lose weight. I debated on if I was going to say that. I was going to say cut the weight. But I asked somebody, should I? He said, you should. So number one, in order to live open-handed, lose weight. <laughs> what weight am I talking about? Gossip, unforgiveness, sin, all kinds of sin, pride, greed. What about fear and doubt? What about the weight of comparison? I know that just hit home with like 100 people in here. What about the weight of tradition? What about the weight of a bad word that when you were eight, someone said it to you and you're 40 today and you still remember it? You still hear it. You hear exactly how it was said and you... you remember how it made you felt. Let's look at Hebrews 12.1 out of NLT, talking about weights. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, this is what I'm talking about, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So something happens when you, when you decide to lose the weight, when you decide to cut the weight, something happens. God says, you can run your race with endurance. All of us want to do that, right? I want to have energy as long as my day is. I want to, I want to move forward in the future with, with power and with vigor and with might and strength. I want to do that. But if you haven't cut the weight, if you haven't lost the weight, you haven't given those things to God, you can't. That's why a lot of people are living frustrated right now. Some of the things that are holding us back are just flat out sin cutting the weight. Not all these things are sin, but you know, some of the other things could be tradition. Tradition is not necessarily a sin, but well, I've always done it this way. I'm not changing. I'll change it when Jesus comes back. Well, maybe, maybe God's saying, Hey, there's a, your tradition was fine then, but I'm doing a new thing right now. So it's time for you to cut that weight. Cause it wasn't a weight, but now it is a weight. Cause you're holding to that more than you're holding to me. You're keeping that thing like this grasped in your hands and you're not releasing it to me saying, God, whatever you want to place in my hands, you can. So some of these things are flat out sin. Who's, who's the kind of person in here that when you go to the grocery, you have to carry every single bag in the house in one trip? I see one in the back. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I'm not like that. You're, you're going to think I'm lazy, but I carry two in each hand because when you get the one that's full of milk, one strap breaks and the other strap breaks, and then it goes all over there, and then I have to deal with my wife being upset with me about that. So I get two at a time. I know, yeah, I, I, see, the, I see the ones that are struggling, you know, the, the, the men of the neighborhood, you know, they're walking in with all of them, and they got one trip. What's the point? Come on. <laughs> I'm a two-in-the-hand kind of guy. But if you're doing that, and God wants to come up to you and give you the next step for your life, how are you going to hold that? I mean, how are you going to do it with two in your hands? I'm just using it as a point. But when you're, when you're carrying all these things in life and you're like, I can do it, one trip, I got it. And God's like, hey, son, I'm, daughter, I'm ready to give you that next step for your life. It's here. 
I'm not withholding it from you. I'm, I'm standing here. You're here and you're, you're trying to make your way to me, but you're going to bump into a wall because you're loaded down. I have your next step right here. If you'll just drop that, walk over to me like this and you can receive it. But we choose to stay loaded down, don't we, sometimes? It's as simple as laying those things down, saying, God, I'm going to give these things to you. I'm going to cut the weight so I can run my race with endurance. But Pastor Jordan taught this at camp, and it was one of his best messages. He talked about discipline. I know he shared that on a Sunday with us, but it's going to take discipline because the, it's sometimes, sometimes the harder thing to do is to not pick it back up after you've put it down already. Sometimes like, yeah, God, you know what? I can give that to you. And then you go back and you oh, kind of kind of comfortable here, kind of want to pick that Egypt was kind of nice, I kind of want to go back to Egypt, it was more comfortable there, at least we had good food, and you, you try to pick those things up, because sometimes offenses feel good, don't they? Right. They shouldn't, but they do. So sometimes it's, it's easier to set down the thing than when you go back to it to pick it up. But ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and I guarantee you, 100, there's not many guarantees in life, but I guarantee you, if you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, He won't leave you hanging, He'll help you. But it's gonna take discipline. It's going to take discipline. If you're carrying around too much this morning, and I, I know there's some people that are, I was that way for years. Am I perfect? No. I'm progressing all the time, but I'm not perfect. But I used to carry around, around weights all the time until I got something down inside of me about casting my cares. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, all your grocery bags, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. It's not like, well, God, if I give it up, what are you going to do? No, he, he says, he, if you cast your cares on, you on me because I care for you, he's going to help you with it. He's going to help you solve that thing. A lot of men in this church, and, and sometimes myself, we take on too much because, God, I know you're God, but I'm kind of God too. I can carry it. I can fix it. I mean, I'm strong. I've been hitting the gym. I've been eating clean. <laughs> Cast your cares on God. He's the only one that was actually designed. He designed himself, I guess. He's the only one that can carry him, not you. Some people try to carry it, and sometimes it's pretty easy to see when a Sunday morning starts who's been carrying cares. I'm not trying to be hard right now. I'm just trying to be truthful. It's not, it's not hard to tell who, who's got that backpack on that thing's loaded down with 80 pounds, and you're kind of walking and struggling like this. How you doing, brother? Tired. Let it be double unto you then in Jesus' name. No, I'm not, I'm not. But it's not hard to tell sometimes who's been carrying those cares. You can tell the person that's walking around smiling full of joy. Now, I know sometimes that's fake. But the majority of time when you see someone walk around and you can tell they're walking in freedom, they, they've learned how to cast those things. But you won't be able to receive the things from God that he has for you if you're weighed down by life. So lose weight and cast your cares. Here's the next thing. In order to live open-handed, stop looking for loopholes. That's going to help some people. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Stop looking for loopholes. Let's look at this scripture. It's so simple. And if you have any question mark about what this means afterwards, I don't know what to tell you. It says, don't leave any loophole for the devil. I don't see any option to scoot around that in any way. Yeah, but no, it's don't leave any loophole for the devil. You know, there's a standard that's been set in place by God. There's a standard that our church preaches and that we, we believe. Um, is it legalism? Not even a little bit. It's, it's to help you live your absolute best life for God, for yourself, and for others. 
That's simply it. There's a standard that's been set in place. I'm always going to talk about this every chance I get, but did you know that pornography is still wrong as a Christian? Oh gosh, you mentioned that again. Every single chance I get to talk about it, I'm going to mention it because it's the secret thing that is tripping so many up. But I'm a man of God. I don't, I don't struggle with that. I don't believe you. Well, I've been in this church and I'm a woman and I've been in this church for 30 years. I don't believe you. Pornography in the life of a Christian is still not okay. Stop making excuses for it. You've put lipstick on that pig and you've combed its hair and you've petted it and say, you can sit right here by me. Just kind of stay over here. Don't let anybody know about you though. You've got to deal with it. Let's stop looking for loopholes. Here's another one that I love. Actually, I don't love it. Alcohol in the life of a Christian is not okay. We make so many excuses for it. Well, brother, I got scripture. Yeah, I've got a hundred to fight you on that too. Sorry, I'm not trying to be confrontational this morning. I just get a little bit fired up because the ones that used to be so on fire, the ones that were here always volunteering and always serving and the ones that would text you at six in the morning, encourage you with the scripture are now living loosely and making all these exceptions in their life and all these excuses for things that are not benefiting them in any way. And now instead of, and I don't really care about Facebook, but instead of posting a picture of them reading their Bible, now it's them at a party drinking and you never ever hear anything again about their relationship with God. It's just check out this party. It was pretty fun. Yeah, we had a couple drinks. Lame, lame, lame. I'm sorry, I'm just, I have to say it. It's just a lot of us think it. But a lot of us are living so loosely because we, uh, God, I want as much as, God, actually, I want 100% of you, but I also want a little bit of this. It doesn't work like that. Go to your spouse sometime and say, honey, I love you, but I also had this girlfriend in high school that I still text, and I want her a little bit too. Try that and see how that works for you. Now, listen, God is way better than your spouse will ever be. God is way better, way more forgiving, and he loves you so much. my, My spouse wouldn't be down for that. I know that. But that's how we treat God. That's what these loopholes are. That's exactly what these loopholes are. When it comes to smoking weed, when it comes to drinking alcohol, when it comes to living loosely, I mean, I don't cuss with my church friends, but I have a potty mouth when I'm around everybody else. What about all of that stuff? You, you gotta be one way or the other. Stop looking for loopholes. Stick with the standard. But there's just so many Christians making excuses for things in life right now. Well, you know, culture is getting a little more accepting of those things. Great, you're not part of the the world's culture. You're part of the kingdom of God, this kingdom culture, which is a completely different way of living. Let me say again, it is not legalism, and it is not, I've got to live by these laws. It is the best, most fulfilling, satisfying life that you could ever want. And what you give yourself to, though, that's the thing. Pastor taught this, too, at summer camp. Your desires will follow what you give yourself to. So if you give yourself to those things I've talked about, of course you're going to like them. But they are not helping your life in any way. You're here this morning, you want to get rid of those things? Give them up. Quit doing them. Quit doing them. You know, because everybody's just, well, culture this and culture that. I, I think uh, maybe some people would even fall for this. If you said, hey, Christians are eating cat turds rolled in cracker crumbs, would you, would you do it? Culture said it's cool. I mean, not a lot of Christians are doing it, but some are, so it doesn't taste that bad. Yeah, yeah. Neither does alcohol, neither does smoking weed, neither does the shame that you feel after looking at pornography. Just get rid of it. Stop looking for loopholes. <laughs> I told you I'm a youth pastor. I gotta pull out one of those. Stick with the standard. So, so, okay, we're decided, so we decided we're not going to look for loopholes anymore. Okay, so now I'm not going to actively search pornography, but 
if I'm on the explore page of Snapchat, any of the major things that I see something, maybe she's partially or he's partially dressed. I mean, it's just a look, right? What if instead of uh, smoking a whole joint, I'm just going to hit one dab off a dab pen? Just one, just one. Uh, instead of drinking a whole five pack, I'm going to have one. Stop looking for loopholes. We live too loosely. We live too casually. You know, if you're married, you know, uh, it's the same thing. You can't message your, your ex-boyfriend just one time because you just want to check in. Just want to check in. You know, he's a part of my life for a long time. And bye-bye. And delete that number, block it. You don't need to follow them on social media anymore. Bye. Bye. All right. Sorry. A little bit carried away. A little bit carried away. But we need to stop making excuses for sin. So what, all those things I just named, we've grabbed them like this. I know you can't he- see what I'm doing on podcast, but I'm pretending all those things are in my hand. And I'm grabbing those and I'm pulling them tightly to me. Is this a position to receive from God? What about, what about this? It's not. You, you might get lucky every once in a while because God's got a whole lot of grace and mercy. He's like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to give you a little something anyway. But don't count on that. Don't bank on that being, well, hey, God, I'll, I'll just scrape by. I'll barely slip into heaven. It'll be all good. There'll be like a, a line over here for all these people and then a line over here. I'll, I might slip in the back door over here. Let's not live like that. Let's not live like that. So let's stop making excuses for sin. But the thing is, though, all these excuses we're making, it's funny that we have to make excuses because we know they're wrong. We know they're wrong. We know that's not the best best plan for our life, but we keep making excuses for them. Listen, if you're new in here today and you're like, hey, all those things you name, I do all of them. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to bash anybody today. I only say this stuff because I see Christians living their life frustrated and wondering, where are you, God? Why haven't you done this for me, God? when they're choosing to live with those things in their hands and they've, they've got, they're, they're white knuckling it right now and they're squeezing tight. It takes a whole lot of strength to sit there and squeeze your hands when it's so much more easy to just open your hands and relax them. It's comfortable. Some of us are holding so tightly onto those things, making so many provisions for them. Just cut them loose. Let's not be middle of the road Christians. You know what's in the middle of the road? Dead things. Think about it. Deer season's coming up soon. You know what's in the middle of the road? You know, I'm kind of a, you know, half and half. I'm a little in the middle of the road on that topic, Amzie. I have a scripture. You know what's in the middle of the road? Dead things. I'm not saying you're going to die or get hit by a car. What about your calling? What about your destiny? What about your future? What about the impartations you're passing down to your kids? Hello, somebody. If you're the head of a household and you're living secretly in sin, don't think, God, I really hope that uh, it doesn't get on them. Guess again. If you're a man and you're living that way, if you're, if you're a husband and you're living that way, come on, it's time to clean it up. I really hope they don't get it. Don't live like that. Don't take those chances. But ultimately it comes down to, and again, I'm not trying to sound savage here. I promise I'm not. I used to be really sweet, like God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Doesn't matter what you do, it's, it's all gonna be okay. Well, it does, it does matter. It depends on how much you want of God. It depends on how good of a life you want. 
there's this awesome life that's out there for you, but we got to learn to cut some things out. Got to cut that way. We got to quit looking for loopholes. But it comes down to our devotion. We search for these loopholes because we're not devoted to Jesus. If we were devoted to Jesus, we wouldn't be looking for loopholes. We would, because somewhere along the way, there's a void in you somewhere that says, I need that thing to help me. Trust me, guys, all those three things I've named, I've actually really, I've never smoked weed in my life, but the other things I've named, I've dealt with all those in years past in my life, and sometimes really badly, and other times I'm doing great, you know, I'm a month strong, and then I'm back into it for three months, and this back and forth thing, and this back and forth thing, I just never actually devoted myself to God. That's the secret. I know there's some other things that go along with it, but that's the secret. It's check your devotion level. Because Jesus is the true source of fulfillment. That's what everyone's after. That's why we do those things. That's why we, ho- we tend to hold on to those things instead of saying, God, whatever you want to place in my hands, I'll take it and I'll run with it and I'll do it. I'll live for you and I'll do it for you. But we tend to hold those things tight. Let's look at this next point here. We're talking about in order to live open-handed versus, versus holding everything tight. Live generously. Live generously. When it comes to your money, are you a hand-in-the-pocket Christian? I mean, and I'm talking about not pulling it out either. Are you just a hand-in-the-pocket Christian? Or you are, my hands are open, kind of a Christian? This point, you think, like, why are we talking about money? This point has, this changed my life in so many ways. This has really helped me. When Michael got up and he talked about money today, what was, did you, uh, did you put your AirPods in and hit the noise cancellation and listen to a podcast or something? I do that at home with my kids sometimes, but uh, <laughs> thank you, 2020, 21, 22, 23, for the advanced technology. Thrilled for it. Just a little, uh, for future parents, just a little life hack. It'll really help you, help your sanity and your peace and your joy. But when Michael got up and he talked about money today, did you just, did you reach up and you turn your hearing aid off right away? It's off. Oop, not hearing that. Like this. Tight hands, reaching down, feeling that 20 in your pocket. Can't get my money. It's mine, preacher. I've never one time in this church felt like someone was some, trying to get something from me. I've been to other churches and occasionally here and there I did. I've never felt pressured to give here. Never. To live generously, to give. But do you sink your hands into your pockets and grasp tightly? Do you honor God with your money or do you clutch it tight and keep it to yourself? Let's look at Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 of the message. It says, the world of the generous, talking about living generously, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That right there, you could screenshot that, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your windshield of of your car. That is a key for your life right there. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Check your giving. The world of the stingy, though, gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Some of you are watching people's lives in here, and you're kind of wondering why they're moving forward and you're not. I've heard this because I've talked to a lot of people in here. I've heard a lot of things over the years. Why, is that, why are they moving forward and I'm not? Why'd they get that thing and I didn't? Let's look at this next scripture, Psalm 145, 15 through 16. I got a couple today. This is a church. We preach the word of God around here. It says, you have captured 
our attention and the eyes of all who uh, all look to you. You give what they hunger for, for at just the right time. When you open your generous hand, it's full of blessings, satisfying the longings of every living thing. What is, now that's talking about God, but what is the status of your hands? What do your hands look like right now? A lot of times mine are covered in paint. They're on a painting business, but I'm not talking about right now. Spiritually, when you look at your hands, are they hands of blessing or hands of stingy? I'm not trying to be hardcore this morning. I'm not. Some people have more to give than others, but it's not the amount. It's what does your heart look like to it? What is your attitude when you give? That is simply it. A penny versus a million dollars. It's simply a heart issue. What's the status of your hands? Are they clenched tight? Are they, I want my hands to be hands of blessings? Are they, I want to see a need and fill a need? One way I've seen a lot of increase in my life is through generosity. My wife and I, we've, we've purposed in our life that no matter what, every chance we get, we're going to be generous. And it's changed our life, guys. It's not because I gave something. It's because of the one who's attached to it, who gives the blessings. That's simply it. Live generously. Uh, we've seen this. When we all go out to a meal, it's time to pay. Do you ever just grab someone's bill and say, hey, I'll pay for you? That's a way you can live generously. What about that friend that always gets stuck driving and literally no one ever offers to, hey, can I throw you a 20 spot for some gas? Somebody's like, that's me, man. I've wasted hundreds of dollars and no one's ever offered a single dime. <laughs> I always, I'm, that's just the way I think. I also saw my pastor model that to me for years. When I first came here to the quarry, every single time, I was just, I told him this on the phone. From Dad Jacobs to Pastor Jordan, I, I, I've seen every time we went out to dinner, he'd be reaching over and slipping someone's bill from him, and they're like, oh, hey, hey, no, I got you, I got you. It's this attitude of living generously, to saying, God, what, whatever is in my hands is yours. And the moment I feel just even a little bit of a leading from the Holy Spirit that you hear say, give that, I'm giving it. It's not even a question anymore. Sometimes I sit there, eh, let me think here. I did eat Burger King last night. No, I think that's, yeah, that's you, Holy Spirit. And every time I do, there's fruit as a result. My wife and I, since we've been married, yeah, there was a, a couple, when we first started, there was a little, a little bit of a struggle bus there for a bit. But my wife and I have never done without. We've never done without. You might be in here, so, Amzie, I'm doing without right now. Live generously then. Give, give first. If you give first, then whatever's left over. Sorry, phone bill. I'll catch up with you later, but I gave first. I took care of the thing because it takes faith to give first. But we've, my wife and I have just purposed in our life and we're not going to live closed-handed. And when someone says, I need some help with something, I'll say, cool, my hand's open. I may not be able to help with everything. Well, whatever I can do to help, I'm going to help. What about when someone in church is going to adopt somebody and you hear about it and you go, man, I know that costs like $30,000. Oh, must be. Well, I hope God bless them. What are you going to do to help people like that? That's a way you can live generously. When you hear someone uh, in the church saying, hey, I need new tires for my car. Yeah, man, it's only going to cost $600. And you're thinking, oh, I could take care of that. Live generously. Don't, don't grab onto it. Like, I have an abundance. I'm just going to shove it in here real quick and just walk out of here real fast. And no, hopefully nobody notices me. Live generously. Live with an open hand. I hope I'm driving that point home. What about summer camp offering? What about all-in offering? What about a Bible Venture Week offering? Live generously. Let's look at Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8. It says, if there is a poor man among you, one of your fellow Israelites, 
in any of your cities in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not be heartless nor close-fisted with your poor brother, but you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend to him whatever he needs. Live generously. I got another scripture because this is, the word of God is what's going to change you, not some not some point that I have, but the word of God is what's going to change you. Luke 16, 10 through 12, out of the Passion. It says, the one who manages, so we're talking about li- living generously, the one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibility. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted? <laughs> with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world. And if you've not been proven faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? You might be saying here, well, Amzie, I have, I've, to the best that I can, I've lived generously and I really haven't seen much change. I get that. You understand that sometimes, I think God did it like this to make it easy for us to understand. We understand there's four seasons. Around here, there's like 15, but... We understand there's four seasons in this world. I believe God, God set it up that way. He says, there might be a start to spring, but there's always an end to it. There might be a start to a boiling hot summer on a ladder outside, just getting baked. And everybody said, Amzie, you're so tan. I'm like, yeah, here only, yeah, only. But there's a, there's a start and a stop to every season. You may think I've been sowing and I've been giving. I haven't seen a lot change yet. Keep going, keep going. Sometimes seasons do last a little longer than others. And I've, I've noticed that at age 34, I've never seen anything in my ha- life happen overnight. There's been times when I've been prayed for where I felt d- different right away, but the majority of things in my life have taken me to be disciplined and to use my own faith and to walk, walk into that thing, walk into that thing. But let's, let's look at Galatians 6, 9 out of the Passion. It says, don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. That's it. It's that simple. Well, Amzie, I, I just, I've been, I've been sowing, and you know, it's for six months now, I've been believing for this one thing, and nothing's happened. Keep planting. That season of harvest is coming. I, I, I guarantee you it's coming. I, I believe it. Keep living generously and just watch how your life will flourish. My last point. It's kind of a long point, but here's my last point. In order to live open-handed, you need to release what's in your hand. You need to let go of weights. Let's talk about comparison. This is the one I want to focus on. I could focus on 20 different topics here, but let's talk about comparison for a bit. Stop comparing what's in your hand versus what's in someone else's hand. Because a lot of the people that are stuck in that comparison trap, this is what they're saying. Why did God do that for them? What about me? God, did you you leave me out? But let me ask you, how is your character? How is your character? Right now, we see you on a Sunday morning. When you leave here and you go home to your house, who are you? When we aren't in here, when, oh, pastor, so good to see you today, when that's not happening. When real life, this, uh, yeah, this is real life, but Brother Sean said one time, when we come into Sunday morning, we all put our best on. I do, I do, I'll be the first one to say it. Y'all didn't see me smacking my kids while I was driving to church, you didn't see that. You didn't see after church when we go home, my wife and I are kind of like, well, what's for lunch? I'm like, I don't know. What'd you cook? She's like, I didn't cook. I didn't even go to the grocery for three weeks now. I'm just like, oh, who are you? You know, you didn't see that. I've never said that. I have. And then, and then after lunch is over, I look at her and say, I love you so much. 
I was just a little hangry. Actually, she always says sorry first, and I'm trying to get better about that. The Holy Spirit's helping me. <laughs> but how's your character? You know, because what God gives someone else, if he placed that on you, if you said, God, God, hey, hey, God, you, you gave him that thing, give it to me. And he places it in you, and you slam to the floor because you weren't designed to carry that thing. What I have for my life is different than what God has for Sean's life. What I have for my life is way different than what God has for Bruce's life. I couldn't have that hair that cool. I just, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't dye my hair blonde, even though you look awesome in it. And some of the clothes you wear, I mean, I couldn't do it, but you look great in them. But what God has placed in someone else's hands is not for you. We all have our own thing. And the other thing is, another thing I think we don't think of a lot of time, if God gave you the thing that you wanted now and your character wasn't ready to receive it, it would actually hurt you. And then what would we do? Oh God, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 that wasn't God that did that. I mean, he's not gonna give you something until you're ready for it, but then we, we blame God for stuff like, well, this didn't go the way. Well, did, have you been working, have you been disciplined? Have you been working on your character, the person that you are Friday night that we don't see? The person that you are when mom and dad leave the house and you look out the window like, oh, they're out of the driveway. What person are you then? What person are you then? When your spouse leaves the house and you're like, hey, no spouse here? All right, then. What kind of person are you? Who are you? What's your character? Just saying, no big deal. I, I stepped on a few toes. That's all right. That's why nobody said amen. It must not be Jared, though, because Jared's saying amen, amen, you're preaching good. Or he's saying, that is me, and I'm saying amen, that's for me. No. <laughs> no, Jared's a good man. Jared's a good man. But the comparison trap, we need to release what's in our hand. The comparison trap, people say, I want their marriage. I want their calling. I want their kids. I want their business. I want their house. I want their influence. Do we see that a lot? Sometimes we've done that ourselves. Some of us compare, our, compare ourselves to each other that are in this room this morning, and God said, I didn't call you to be like that person. Jim is the only Jim, and the calling that's on his life is the only calling that's like that. The way that God has gifted Chad is so different than the way he'll gift anybody. There might be some similarities. All of us have some similarities. But the way that Chad does it is different. And it's anointed specifically for him. So don't try to wear that thing. Don't try to... Don't, don't, don't want to try to be like that Instagram influencer that's influencing nobody. Don't try to be like them. I'm influencing so many. All right. What, to hang a picture on your wall? All right. <laughs> But if you release what's in your hand, if you're holding on to those things, comparison and sin and loopholes, and you're, you're holding on to those weights, just release them to God. And God say, and say, God, my hands are open to you. Whatever you want to place in my hands, you can. I'll let you. I had that talk with Brother Sean even recently. I think he said when he got knew he was called into the ministry, he was just laying down and he was praying. He said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whoever you want me to talk to, I'll talk. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. I just had a phone call with him about this the other day. And he said he's been taking places that he never even dreamed of. And the same goes to me. I didn't know I'd be going from the prison to the palace today. IUS. From the dorm to the pulpit. I didn't know. I had no clue. But little by little, as I started to learn, I started going like, 
instead of white knuckling, oh God, you know, you're making excuses. I want to hold on to this thing. My dad, you know, I remember that, I remember exactly the thing that my dad, actually my dad said to me. I remember it word for word and I held on to that thing forever. He said, I don't want to see you, hear from me or talk to you. I remember that thing specifically. And I remember what that was like for years to live with that. And I held on to it and my, my, my knuckles were white and I put my hands in my pocket and I'm just like, and I noticed, why is my life not progressing? Progressing. I feel frustrated. I see other people in the church, and they've asked them to preach, or they've asked them to lead, and they've asked them to do this, but, but like, what about me? But all the while, I'm sitting here doing this, not knowing in private, they're going like this. That's, that's, the, that's the status of so many people's hands today. We're doing this. We're trying to hold on to these things. And I noticed this. If you want to keep those things in your life, then... Just know that God will use you to the level that you release things to him. The rate at which you want to release is the rate that he'll start placing things in your hands. He's like, I got these things on backlog, son. I'm just waiting. You're about 10 years behind. I got all this stuff waiting for you right here. But you're over here carrying those 25 grocery bags and the milk handle's about to slip and break right now. Set those things down and come up in line and get the first thing I have for you. And then when you go through that summer season and that summer season starts and ends, then there's the next thing. You can kind of look down and see this whole line like, Lord, I think, I think I feel called to do this in the future. But right now, if you gave it to me, I would not be ready. There's things in my life. I've even told my wife, there's things I, I, I see myself doing. And I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me about some things. But I'm like, I wouldn't be ready right now if those things came. I used to be like, I remember I'm 34 now. I remember when I was 25, I thought, I'm becoming irrelevant. I really thought that. I swear, I thought that for about a year and a half. Like, I'm becoming irrelevant. Nobody's going to think I'm cool. That's when I was in youth ministry and I have all these young kids I'm trying to impress. And now I just act like a 34-year-old and they just roll their eyes and laugh at me. But I used to think that I'm becoming irrelevant. But the things that God has for me today at 34, at 25, I would not have been able to handle them. I would have managed them terribly. And it probably would have hurt some people. Not drastically, not terribly, but it probably would have hurt some people because I wouldn't have been able to manage those things well. So will you let God have those things that you're holding on to today? Or are you going to white knuckle? Are you going to, with your generosity, are you going to keep it here with, with secret sins or traditions? You're going to, you know, we keep things close to the chest in this family. Uh, God, let those things go. I'm going to close with this. A lot of us, if, you, if you're new to church, there was a guy in the Bible named Moses. Moses is a, a hero, did a lot of awesome things for God and for, for generations of people. But we're talking about living open-handed versus closed. There was a time, though, when Moses kept his hands right here. He had trouble with his speech, and he kept it right here. He felt inadequate to answer God's call to him, and he kept that insecurity right here. He struggled with anger. He, he killed somebody one time, so he, he, he kept those things right here. But then he started to see that God had a plan for him and he decided to let those things go and he opened his hand and guess what God placed in his hand? A stick. A stick. What is this? I, I clean these up. I make my kids clean these up in the yard. What is this? Why'd you place a stick in my hand? He gave him a rod. He gave him a staff. And that staff would save a generation, generations of people. Generations of people. But if his hands were closed, he wouldn't have been able to receive that thing. That God, that God had for him, and people would have died. But he chose to live open-handed, and God gave him something that would help people. With that staff, he parted the Red Sea. 
Have you parted a Red Sea? Have you seen a sea open? No, I haven't. But because he decided to do this, the thing that God placed in his hand, he went like this and that thing split open. So if you're catching on to what I'm saying, if you let go of some things in your life right now, God's going to place things that's in, in your hands that are going to give him glory, that are going to help you and the, and the others around you. But you can't do them when you got those things held tight to you. So he, he opened up the Red Sea with that. He, he, he hit a rock and water came out to thirsty people. He threw the rod on the ground and it turned into a snake as a sign and a wonder and a miracle. He held it in the air and as long as he had victory over, uh, they had victory over the people. What's in your hand that's preventing you from moving forward with God? Do you know that the world and this church needs us to live open-handed? Because you're thinking while I'm talking, oh, this is okay, he's telling me like I'm going to get all this stuff. No, the stuff is for other people. It's not to live a selfish life. It's not to, let's just see how far, how, how, how much money I can get in my bank account, how big of a house, how many cool cars I can get. It's not about that. When God places something in your hand like that rod, it's for people. It's You'll be blessed in return. Don't get me wrong. But it's for people because it's going to help people. But we've had excuses for far too long. I believe those end this morning. Let's let those things end this morning. There's things that God wants to get over to us if we'll just let him have the things that we're holding on to. But yeah, some of you are, are, are even still think, are feeling frustrated and thinking that God's, you know when you turn on a garden hose, there's a kink or a, a bend in the line and some comes out and it stops. Some of you think that God's sitting there holding it like this, like, <laughs> like my boys do each other and they're like, stop, stop, let go, stop. And then crying and I have to go out there like, oh my gosh, like, please just let go of the hose. Some of you think God's doing that to your life right now. He's got that and he's like, ah, he's not. It's those things you're carrying in your life. God, why has the flow been cut off? God, I sought you in my early 20s and life was amazing and it was a journey with you. Why have things slowed down? It's because you're carrying all these things. It's because you're, making, you're, you're, you're looking for loopholes. It's because you haven't cut the weight. It's because you haven't lived generously. And it's among other things, but those are the three things that I wanted to focus on. But you've chosen to stay loaded up with the wrong stuff. But the moment you're letting... You're willing to let go of those things and say, God, these hands are open to you. Just wait, just, just wait. You're gonna see the best version of your life that you've ever seen, guys. I mean it. Again, I'm progressing, but I've, I have learned to the best that I can. Do something, the cares of the world get on me sometimes? Yes, but I've, I've, I'm a professional care caster now. As soon as I think it's on me, no, you don't. Throw that thing off. I don't let, I don't let things sit long now. Used to, they used to sit there and they used to start to become a part of me and they used to sit there and they used to grow and they would sit there and talk to me and I would listen to them but I don't let things sit long on me now. I'm different. I'm progressing. I used to think in my 20s I'll always be like this. I look up to Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Jordan they're just these spiritual giants and I'll always be like this. No. At age 34 I have progressed and I'm living a, I'm living a great life right now and I love it. But I'm like this. My life, God, is yours. Did I think that I would be trusted with the keys to the car on the weekend when the pastor's out of town? No, still not sure <laughs> that he made the right decision. Um, I'm kidding. I did not ever think that. But when I decided pornography, you have, you have no hold on my life any longer. Bye, you're gone. I cut the weight. Being addicted to chewing tobacco, I chewed my brains out in Iraq. And five, six years to the army, I just chewed, chewed, chewed. And I was, what's going on, guys? 
and got this big old dip in my mouth. And then one day I read it, it said, may cause mouth cancer. Everybody's like, did you give up chewing tobacco because you felt convicted? I didn't want to lose my teeth. There's just some practical, natural reasons why. I have a singing voice. I want to be able to keep that voice. I don't want them to say, we got to remove everything in your throat because you couldn't quit chewing. Dealing with shame from my past, I clipped that thing. Do all those things still sometimes try to come back and get on me? They have. Let me just be so honest. The other day, a couple years ago, I was walking in a parking lot, Kroger, I think it was, and I look on the ground. There's a can of chew. And I'm thinking, hmm, I didn't have to buy it. It's just here. And no one would know. I had that little moment that I'm like, wow. I, here I am, there's traffic backed up behind me honking, and I'm just like. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm free from that stuff, but don't think the devil's going to be, yeah, he's free. Probably just leave him alone now. No, he's not thrilled. But the thing is, you have the victory, you have the power and the authority to stand against those attacks. So you don't have to fall prey to those. If you're someone who's bound to those things in here right now and say, I want to give them up. I've already given them up 600 times, but they're back again. There is real lasting freedom for you, but you have to get disciplined. You have to ask God to give those things or to take those things away from you. You have to cast those cares. And guess what? When you wake up tomorrow morning and those things are, hello, and you see that can of chew on the ground again, you can say, I don't want that in my life. I don't want anything to do with it. When um, if you're 18 in here, and again, you see your mom and dad pull the drive-by, and you're like, pulling that curtain back. <laughs> well, they're gone. Just go take a little look real quick. Oh, I just, I just hit everybody in here with that one. Um, there is real lasting freedom. You can be free from that stuff. You don't have to live that way any longer. You got to get honest in your life. Quit making excuses. Quit looking for loopholes. What if it's just a little bit? Stop doing it. Williams, I heard this one preacher say it's not sin. I don't, I don't I know who that guy is, and I don't really care what he had to say. Stop looking for loopholes. There is a, an amazing life for you where you don't need to be fulfilled by that, but where Jesus fulfills you instead. And all of a sudden, your desires are like, I don't even, I kind of feel sometimes like a little leading to that, but I don't really even feel led to that. Before I felt the leading, I was just like, you know, I get yanked over right away. But now I kind of feel it. I'm like, uh, no, I don't need that. I, you know, I, I take my thoughts into captivity right now in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can quote those things over yourself. Now I'm just meddling a little bit, but um, let's have the worship team come back up and join me for a second, please. They were not expecting that. They're like, me? You, me? You mean me? <laughs> and I want actually Evan Cook to sing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's been asking for his debut. <laughs> Amzie, did you just transition from a serious moment to a goofy moment back to a serious moment? Yeah, I did. I told you I'm a youth pastor. I want you guys to sing the chorus and then into that bridge of that song. Yeah, we, I didn't know. I, I had a, a different message actually lined up for about uh, a month and a half on what I was going to teach. And then like this Wednesday, I was like, it's not it. Yeah, it's not it. So I'm going to change the directions. And then the song actually went perfectly, actually, this morning with it. But would you stand up and join me this morning? I'm not going to ask for everybody to come forward and lay hands on you. We can do that. If, if, you, if you want prayer, we can do that. But I want to ask everybody, and you can bump up the music a little bit. I want everybody to raise your hands right now. Actually, instead of raising them, I want you to put them out in front of you, holding them open, open right out in front of you. Some of you have been carrying weight, shame, 
guilt, sin, traditions, comparison, gossip, unforgiveness. That's a big one. Some of you have been carrying these things for far too long. I want you this morning... And I want, I want to hear people talking talking to God. You don't need to shout it out loud because you're like, what are, what are they going to think if they hear me next person next to me? But I want you to say to God, I'm letting go of those things right now in Jesus' name. I'm placing them in front of me, and I'm going to live open-handed. And you can say, God, whatever you want to place in my hands, I will use it. I will do it. Whatever gifting, whatever calling, whatever it is, I will use it for your glory to bless me and to bless the ones around me. I'm not going to live holding those things any longer in Jesus' name. Come on, worship team, you can start singing. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.